Welcome to the Nieces Nugs Podcast. Nieces Nugs, Nieces Nugs, What's up, friends? Hope you're doing well, and I hope you enjoy the two episodes that dropped last week, including that special episode on Tuesday, Trash Tuesday. Listen, that episode was meant to be fun and enjoyable and bring a smile to your face, maybe even make you squirm a little bit if you remember those situations that you may have been in as well. That episode, Trash Tuesday, might come at you once a month. Some of you have already reached out via text, via email, via social media with suggestions and feedback telling me how much you enjoyed it, and I just really appreciate that. And listen, I'm sorry that my website is currently not working. You would think that I could give her that figured out, but I'm having some issues transferring the domain and getting everything set up. And so currently it's at some weird, random, long site that it's not even worth telling you about right now. But listen, you can follow me on Instagram, Denise3. You can catch up with me on Facebook. But the reality is I would love to hear from you and hear your suggestions, hear your feedback. Let me know what's going on. Today's episode, I want to talk about what I did this past week. In fact, this past week, I did what I've been talking to you about. I traveled and I went on vacation. When Amanda and I got married, we decided early on that travel would be important to us and travel would be important to us as a family as well when we had kids. In fact, even recently, we were giving our kids more experiences than than gifts, or at least we're trying to. And so it, it's important to take time out to get away, to avoid burnout, to relieve stress. You need to take care of yourself. No matter what industry you're in and no matter what your profession is, the reality is most industries don't care about you. They care about the job that you get done, but they're not looking after your health. And so it's important for you to take time away to experience life both in a self-care, refreshing, relaxing sense, but also in a, a family sense. And this past week, we took a family vacation. It was not a relaxing trip. You think, isn't that what a vacation is? Listen, normally on a relaxing trip, my wife and I might go to a resort or might go to the beach and I'll read six to seven books over the course of that week. Uh, this week, I didn't even finish one. It was family time and we did family things most of the time. And But what I really want to talk about today is that week. What happened? Some things that you maybe should know about. Some specific uh, follow-up ideas will come later on. In fact, I'm going to drop another podcast hopefully this week with some specific things about cruising, about the ports of call we went to, some experiences that may help you if you're going on a cruise. But today I just kind of want to walk you through our experience, some things to keep in mind, some things you might be curious about, uh, what travel looks like these days. And so for us, this was a cruise that initially we booked in 2019. Yep, you heard that right. We booked it in 2019 to travel in April of 2020. The plan was for us to go as a four, four of us as a family and then to go with Amanda's brother and sister-in-law and Amanda's mother uh, and dad, and mom and dad as well. So there would be eight of us and we had planned this cruise. April 2020, we had already booked our shows on the cruise. We had done everything. And lo and behold, March comes and cancels everything. And Royal Caribbean at that time, um, we booked with Royal Caribbean. It, I had never traveled with Royal Caribbean. I've cruised several times, both with Carnival and um, NCL, Norwegian. And so, but we booked mainly because Amanda's brother had experienced traveling with Royal Caribbean. They liked the specific itinerary. They liked the ship. 
And so that's what we booked with. Now, um, when the cruise industry shut down, they gave you an option to either get your money back refunded or to take a travel voucher, travel credit, if you will. And with that, you would be incentivized to do that with an extra 25% bonus. Now, most times you're like, I would rather have the money in the hand. However, they also gave you the, the option that if you didn't, say at a later date, nine months down the road, even a year down the road, you wanted your money back, you were allowed to get your money back for a full year and a half later on. So I was like, this is no brainer. I will take the travel credit. And so we took the travel credit. I had already paid for the cruise. They refunded the taxes, but then we were left with this travel credit to book a cruise whenever the cruise line would get back going. Now, for a while there, it looked like it might not ever happen. But lo and behold, some COVID restrictions began easing. The cruise line, the cruise industry began coming alive again, and they started offering deals, and we jumped at the opportunity to book a cruise. It was cheap and affordable at that price. And so what happened was, originally, we had booked an inside cabin room for the four of us. Really what we did was we hit one kid in our room and we pushed another kid off on another family's room because it was free. The third person sailed free. And that was the cheapest way we could get all of us on board. However, after the pandemic phase where then cruises began traveling again, we were able to upgrade our room for a little bit more. In fact, when I was talking with the guy at Real Caribbean, he basically said, listen, here's what I can do for you. With the money that you have in your credit, I can actually give you two adjoining balcony rooms. So you have a door between you. There are balcony rooms. You can adjoin the balcony. So you have one big balcony and we can put adult and a kid in each room and you only have to pay a couple hundred dollars more. I said, sign me up. I'm in. I said, so for the what we had already spent in 2019 for the cruise, we then were only had to pay and we also had to schedule COVID tests and get ready. But we got all of that scheduled, took our COVID test prior to going down at the proper t days and everything. We flew to Fort Lauderdale on Spirit. You remember those episodes where I told you we got those tickets for $20 one way per person, $20. And then you have the option to stay in Fort Lauderdale. We decided to go down a night early just in case the flight got canceled or there were some issues. And so we flew to Fort Lauderdale. We actually rented a car and drove to our hotel rather than just getting a hotel nearby for the reason of we wanted to have some flexibility for what time we got to the boat, what we did that morning. And if you book a shuttle, you're kind of stuck just on the shuttle. More on that later, and you'll see why we made a mistake going the other way on the way back. So we rented a car. In fact, I rented it through Costco Travel and for their one-way rental, picking up at the Fort Lauderdale Airport and dropping it off at the Port of Miami it was cheaper to do that and to pick up Amanda's parents on the way than it would have been for us to just book a shuttle. And so we had a, a nice uh, vehicle. We picked them up. We dropped, I dropped them off at the port, dropped the rental car off, got a short little shuttle ride back to the port, and then the process of getting on the ship began. Now, we had to get there at a certain time, although they weren't checking the time. Um, we had a 1 o'clock check-in, but people were getting there, and the, in fact, Royal Caribbean... Uh, hosts were saying, just come on in. It doesn't matter. Um, because of certain protocols, our girls had to be tested for COVID at the port, which means if they banged positive, the trip was off in there. So there's a little nervousness. Even during that, they had to get a COVID test at the port. And so we're sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. Finally, we get the results and we begin to get on the ship. 
So it's this exciting process where we're kind of going through, it's like herding cattle through certain things to get on the ship. There's really not a lot of information because everything now is electronic. Heaven forbid we hand out papers because COVID travels on papers, it seems like. And so everything's electronic and it just somewhat, some of the details get left out. But we get there, we get on the boat, and one of the first things we hear is that we need to go to the new safety muster briefing. Now, if you've cruised in the past, you know one of the most painful things of cruising is before sail away or even right at sail away, they do this safety briefing where everyone has to show up at the muster station, which is your go-to place if there's an emergency, and then you have to wait for every single person to show up, and they give you this safety demonstration, and then you're gone. Well, now... One of the positive things of COVID is that they've done that by on your app. You watch a couple of videos on your phone, and then you show up to the location at your convenience during the hours before sail away, and you just check in, and you don't have to hang out there. So that was really nice, um, just checking in at our muster station, and then we were on our way. Now, I purchased the refreshment package, which included, uh, also known as the soda package, which included coffees and sodas and juices and milkshakes and smoothies. Now, I bought this on Black Friday, and one of my big cruise hints is if you're going to cruise to look for deals pre-cruise, especially around Black Friday, I got this for 50% off the package price if you had booked it on the cruise. And so here I am, drinking um, as many coffees as I wanted, as many sodas as I wanted, as many Johnny Rockets milkshakes as I could drink, many smoothies or fresh squeezed juices, and it was all covered under the soda package that I bought for half off prior to cruising. So I went immediately uh, and got a couple uh, Cokes and things like that. Um, Also, one of the cool things that you should know is that um, when we booked, one of the incentives to booking when we booked as well, we got some room credit. And so if you book through a travel agent or if you book on a deal, sometimes they throw in room credit for you as well. And a lot of times they try to get you to spend this on board on different things. What they don't tell you is that you can actually apply that to your gratuities. If you don't prepay your gratuities and you end up settling your gratuities at the end of the cruise, you that room credit automatically goes towards that. And so there's no pressure to spend it unless you just really want to. Our Girls went shopping for a couple of things. A couple, they had a ten dollars sale, and so some room credit came off that. But the rest went towards gratuity. Speaking of gratuities, for those of you who don't know, when you cruise, you have the option to prepay your gratuities, or you can do your gratuities at the end of your voyage, or adjust them anytime in between. And what these gratuities, these tips go to, is your room steward. They go to your dining hall waiter, waiting staff. They go to a couple other things, and they charge a certain amount per day to each cabin guest and automatically goes on your bill unless you prepaid it. Now you have the option to kind of change those, to increase them, to decrease them, to keep them on your credit card, or you can even take them off and settle up in cash if you want to give cash gratuities to these people as well. So it's really flexible and that really should be your decision on what you do. But you should also know that you have the option to check your portfolio, what you're being charged uh, daily to see that everything makes sense and is correct. In fact, one time I checked my bill uh, three days in and I was charged for a beverage that I did not purchase and that was not included in my beverage package. And I certainly did not want to pay uh, $12 to $13 for a drink that I did not order and did not enjoy. And so they took that off um, as well. So check your portfolio uh, and make sure that that is everything's good for there. Now, when you're on a cruise, you have dining options. Now, one of the things I didn't like about the Symphony of the Seas was there was so many food options that they tried to upsell you on. 
And so when you book a cruise, your food is included in the main dining room. Your food is included at the buffet. Your food typically also includes something like a pizza place or a Mexican uh, buffet area um, or some sandwich, things like that, and differs from ship to ship. But they tried to, this, this ship really had all these different extra upcharges, which I didn't really appreciate. Uh, but because when I pay a price, I want that to be the price I pay. And I don't want to have to be nickel and dime for anything else. It's one of the reasons I love all inclusives is I pay a price and everything's included. I'm not asking how much things are. And so for the food options, you have the main dining room, which has a wait staff. The same wait staff uh, serves you for dinner and for breakfast. You get different folks, but um, that's a sit down with a menu and they wait on you. It's excellent food. You have the option to go to the buffet, which oftentimes serves many of the same entrees as what's being served in the dining room. Then there's a pizza place that's typically open hours that other things are not open um, and some sandwiches, things like that. Now, listen, one of the things I did not like about the Symphony of the Seas, I like to eat. I've shared that with you. And after like 9, 30, 10 o'clock, I found myself being hungry and wanting a snack. And there was very little options except for pizza. I've been on other ships where there's been multiple other options, different times of the day. And the second night in, me and my father-in-law were looking at each other like, what are we going to do? Because we're hungry. You could order room service on the Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas, but you get charged a delivery fee just to order food. And so um, we didn't go that route. So we were a little disappointed with that. I'm going to go over different ports of calls and what we did at each port uh, and some of our experiences in in the follow-up episode that I'll release probably later this week. Uh, But our cruise went to Costa Maya, Mexico. It went to Roatan, Honduras. Um, went to Cozumel, Mexico, uh, went to Coco Cay, and then we had two days at sea kind of in between all those things. Um, and there was some positives and some great things at each of those each of those places, and there's some things I think that would be worthwhile sharing. And so I'll go into some specifics of how we handled those, maybe some suggestions for you um, if you're going to go in the future. Um, one of the things that Royal Caribbean did and I just think they were lacking communication. And what I've told people is it's hard to distinguish between what is coming out of COVID phase and ramping back up um, into normal operations versus what is just not good service in general. Um, We were not communicated to very well, especially when it came to COVID tests, especially with our kids. And so we get a piece of paper outside of our night, outside of our room one night. It's like 9 p.m. open the door and there's papers on the ground with my daughter's information on it out in public. I didn't appreciate this. Um, And it basically said, that 24 hours before we get back to Miami, our girls had to be tested for COVID. And so we would get tested the morning of our arrival at Coco Cay, had a specific time, and then we'd have to wait an hour to get off the boat to make sure that it was just all these things were dropped on us that we didn't really appreciate and didn't really know. And I really think Royal Caribbean could have done better with that. Now, I'm trying to be as objective as possible and not be a negative, but we were on the Symphony Seas, which is the the absolute pinnacle of the Oasis class for Royal Caribbean. It is the creme de la creme, so they say. And the boat was huge. It was nice. And the fact that it was new, it was well taken care of. Um, But to me, my honest opinion is I thought the boat was a little overrated. Um, It was big and there were some nice spaces, but there was a lot of wasted spaces. There were spaces that were not ever used because they were places that may, um, may have been used if they were free, but it was extra charge. Like, for example, there were two arcades that never had a soul in them because they charged money, a way of getting extra revenue, but nobody ever used those spaces. And so it just seemed like a waste of space. Um, And so the boat, uh, ultimately, um, there were some nice aspects to it and some beautiful areas. Um, But on some levels, to me, the boat wasn't adequately built to handle 6,000 passengers at a time, plus 2,000 crew members. 
Um, it just seemed a little bit, um, to me, I had some questions with, with how it was designed. But it was a nice boat, um, very nice. And one of the big advantages of a big boat is you don't feel the waves as much. Um, also, the cruise director, I think, played a huge role in our cruise and some of the enjoy, enjoyment of it. In fact, um, I remember most of the cruise directors from the cruises I've been on, uh, and I did not care for our cruise director on this ship. Now, he's been... He's a well-seasoned cruise director, and uh, he as well may be ramping back up. Um, I don't think he'll appear on a Trash Tuesday, but <laughs> there's things that he could have done uh, to make our experience better, and he was just absent. And what I want to say about this is this is just a time to kind of focus on some leadership things. Leaders can make small moments memorable. What I mean by this is um, just for example, we uh, on Coco Cay, it's a perfect day on Coco Cay. Everything's going great. And then all of a sudden, a storm breaks out and it just rains and rains and rains. And there's no plan to get all of these people back on the boat in an orderly fashion. It, to me, it almost felt like a Jurassic Park experience where people are running around trying to figure out where to go, what to do. People are freaking out because it's cold rain, windy. They don't know. There's just, it's just chaos, really. And in that moment, a leader has the opportunity to step into chaos and bring order and even bring words of encouragement, even as guests are coming back on board. And he was absent, never saw him any stop getting on the ship or off the ship. Just small things that leaders can do to step into moments to make them memorable. And I thought, thought that was a good leadership moment for me as well to remember that. I felt like sometimes a cruise director hid behind the microphone and hid behind announcements coming over the ship, and he wasn't among the people. And I, and I reminded myself that as a leader, I've got to be with the people. I can't hide behind things or hide behind a voice. I need to be in the midst of the, of the people um, hearing and leading that way. Um, also, I, I remember thinking to myself, leaders have contingency plans when things don't go as planned. And I just felt like sometimes the schedule wasn't well thought out in case something went wrong. There was no contingency plan or even opportunity for a contingency because the schedule wasn't uh, thought out. And then there's just some small other issues that I felt like fall ultimately um, at the cruise director's feet. He is the the operator. He's the lead person uh, of the operations of the ship. And like, for example, they have this slide. It's called the Abyss slide. Um, and it drops 10 stories. And, and my daughter loved it. It's a, it's a dry slide. So you sit in like a, a carpet towel, if you will, and go down 10 stories and you can't ride it without that. Twice, on two different occasions, my daughter is in line to ride down with either my wife or my brother-in-law, and twice they ran out of the necessary supply for the actual slide to operate. And so nobody was bringing the towel slides, if you will, bringing the, the bags, the carpets that you sit in, back up to be brought down. And so while everyone wants to enjoy something, Somebody, somehow communication is lacking, and there's stacks and stacks and stacks of these carpets just sitting there with nobody using them. Uh, and so there's just small things that I think ultimately um, kind of shaped the experience. Overall, it was a fun week. It was an exhilarating week on so many levels, fun with our girls, um, experiencing new places, talking and learning, but it was tiring. Man, the kids had a blast, and for the most part, they were well-behaved. I'm telling you, two rooms, if if I ever go again on another cruise line and can afford it, two rooms or a suite would be the way to go with kids. There was just a, there was better having those options when the kids went to sleep to be in the other room. Um, getting off the ship was a whole nother story. And it was a long day. 
We get off the ship. We try to stay on the ship as long as possible. I had scheduled my our shuttle driver to come, uh, and he he she actually called early and said we're, she was there at like eight forty. I was like, we're not getting off yet. At nine a.m., they kicked us off the ship. So then I called her back. She she left us and told us that we'd have to call for another driver. Then we had some customs problems because daughter my daughter Dahlia's passport has a photo of her from when she's like nine months old, maybe 10 months old. She don't look like that anymore, so the facial recognition software didn't work, so then I had to wait in line with her. She was crying. The rest of the family was outside trying to communicate. Phones aren't working in customs. Man, it was crazy. We finally get to the airport uh, about 10.30, which was way too early, but we had booked a shuttle because my brother and sister-in-law really wanted to take a shuttle. We had a 3.20 flight, which means we were at the airport for over five hours early if the flight was on time, but then it was delayed several hours. It was a long day. But the benefit of being in the airport was I had a seat for five and a half hours looking at the exact spirit luggage bin that my boy Max couldn't get his luggage in uh, back in episode two. So that was a fun thing. I sent him a picture about that as well. Overall thoughts, I would cruise again, and I think you should consider cruising. But I don't want to go on a cruise tomorrow. I need some time to rest from my vacation, if you would. I probably wouldn't choose the Symphony of the Seas to be the ship that I go on. Yes, it was great not getting seasick. Yes, it was great um, having a big boat, but there was too many people for the setup, in my opinion, and there's probably a better experience to be had on another ship or another company. I'm not sure Royal Caribbean was worth the name, per se. Um, my experiences on Norwegian and Carnival were pretty comparable, in my opinion, as long as you stay away from some of the, the booze cruise, Carnival cruises that get kind of crazy and wild. Um, but ultimately, uh, it was good, and I, we had a great time. We don't regret it. I still believe in vacations. I think you should take vacations. And I learned some new things about travel along the way that I look forward to sharing with you soon. Some cruise hacks, talks about the port of experience, uh, port uh, shore excursions, things like that, that I will share with you coming up soon. Until then, until then thanks for listening. If you have specific questions, let me know. Things to talk about, hit me up. Follow, like, subscribe rate, share the podcast, and thanks for listening.